Welcome into DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo, AJ, and Jesse coming at you to talk trade rumors. It is 11, 12 days till the trade deadline. 12 plus 9 is 21. Yep, that adds up. Okay, so it's getting there. We're getting there. It's cool. (laughs) Never do math live on air. (laughs) Uh, I think uh, it's going to be hard for the Avs to have the biggest trade that happened in Denver this month, but <laughs> maybe they'll try. Maybe they will try. Uh, unfortunately, hate to uh, really start things off on a damper note, damper note, I guess, but damper Patrick note. Kane's not happening, right? This is nonsense. So that thing got put out there. Yep. And I was like, Okay. Uh, And so, you know, uh, being the responsible adult that I am, immediately was like, let's see if anybody that I know, and I'm not the world's most connected individual, but let's see if anybody that I talk to around the league that work for various organizations have thoughts on this. And I got... Two crying, laughing face emojis in response. So, <laughs> well, I guess I, we'll I just did... say that other folks aren't taking this so seriously yet. So, I guess I won't be either. I did also. I, I found it amusing because the the quote that, that was they called and said, "Hey, if you guys are at any point interested in moving on, we'd be interested in talking." Like, even the guy who reported it was like. It was it was a a phone call conversation where it was like, hey, probably in the same way that the whole Byram thing came up with Vancouver, where it's like, was his name set on a phone call? Don't doubt it. But uh, I put it in, I think it was my uh, five on five from this last week. If anything like that were to even be on the table, Patrick Kane has a $10.5 million cap hit. Um I just can't imagine that that conversation would even be had seriously um, until the off season. Oh, and not even that, but the price that you would have to pay to get him. Yeah. Right. The, the amount of money owed to him. And I'm not sure, like, this is not like a Jonathan Taves deal where, Taves is going to make like $4 million on his next contract. Patrick Kane's probably going to get another deal right in that range of ten and a half million. Mm-hmm. So are you... I'm just going to magically make that cap work somehow. <laughs> yeah, like are, are you giving him that deal and it's starting the same time that McKinnon's new deal does? <laughs> or... Like what's like? How does it work, right? Like it, it would just be oh, just is he just walking, and you're just good with that. So uh, I'm just not. I'm good. Okay. Uh, uh, also, I, I don't. I don't this, doubt this that conversation in chat about what Friedman said about Byram is not a correct interpretation yeah. of what he said. And has been actively denied that the implication was Byron wanted a fresh start. <laughs> yeah. Byron's good. He just needs to get healthy. 
Yep. He's not looking around. He's not trying to get out, uh, at least from anybody that I've talked to. He's not. He's that, not interested that, in that. The, the wording on the on that part of the blog is funny. Like I can see how someone would read it, read the words that way. Um, but yeah, that rumor was denied. That request was not denied. Uh, <clears throat> although, so so back to the Patrick Kane thing. That would be one way for Joe Sackick to one-up George Payton. True. It, it would, there are not many pieces that uh, that would live up to a Russell Wilson trade, but something like Patrick Kane maybe would. Uh, there is a guy I want to talk about because we did leave him off of our trade deadline series. <laughs> it was like reading the Old Testament. <laughs> because, and I do think the expectation... It's funny. We did we did sixteen videos, and we could have done sixteen more. Yeah, we could have done thirty easily, but we didn't even do a Patrick Kane. Do a Pat. True, we did not do a Patrick Kane one. As Jesse breaks his mic, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, but we talked about him very very briefly, and I do think the expectation is he still ends up staying in San Jose. But Tomas Hurdle, yeah, still a guy that's being talked about around the league. <laughs> The reason the the reason that um, I didn't want to do the hurdle video is because I know how San Jose is very serious about re-signing him, yeah. and if a team is going to make that that legitimate of a run at bringing a guy back, they're probably going to get there. Like at that point, Hurdle's going to have to want out, or his contract ask is going to have to be astronomical, substantial yeah. in a in a ridiculous fashion. So. Uh, that's that's why I that's why uh, we didn't do hurdle and that's why I've kind of avoided that conversation. But I will say, if at some point that rubber does meet the road and and he becomes available, you know, this is it reminds me a little bit of when Francois Beauchemin became a free agent because everybody expected he was going to resign in Anaheim, and then when he didn't, it changed that landscape. And teams that had been, including Colorado, that had been prioritizing other other avenues circled back and revisited that conversation and it changed how the dominoes all fell. And if, if hurdle goes on the market, he's the best player available. He's, he's basically as good as Claude Giroux, but several years younger uh, and does a lot of the same things. That, I know I talked to you about this, off air, AJ, but I did want to ask Jesse too, if you are, you are in that world and you're the abs hurdle or Giroux. Who, are, who do you want more? At hurdle. the deadline? Yeah. Yeah, probably Hurdle. Um, I mean, AJ, just the way that AJ just put that, he's very similar to Giroux, but... On the younger age. Yeah, it, yeah I was going to say, how, like how many years a younger good is six, it? seven years, I six, think. Six, seven years, yeah. yeah. Um, look, I, you know, I, I, I still <clears throat> I still really like the idea of Claude Giroux here for... and. AJ, I saw uh, you were talking with Dario the other day. I guess this is the year I become an old school hockey guy. Uh, and I felt the exact same way about that yeah. hit. I was glad to see the three of us each separately yeah. on Twitter all took the same opinion of that hit. Um, yeah. But there, there is just a part of me that, that still, because I don't know how realistic it would be for the abs to be able to, to bring back hurdle, depending on what he wants, given that he is younger, there's yeah. part of me that still likes Claude Giroux because of that 
the intangible stuff. He's been the captain in Philly. He he is so clearly an emotional leader. He's got a history of taking his play to another level in the playoffs. And and he just he I just feel like he'd be such a good like emotional fit yeah. for this team. I definitely um, agree with this point. That that there's part of me that that still says maybe it's Giroux, but it's just so hard to pass on a player like Tomas Hurdle if he were to come available. Cause how often do you get someone in, <clears throat> excuse me, in that age range, still in their, in their prime, putting up the numbers that he's putting up um, is such a stylistic fit for what the Avs do. Um, it's really hard to pass that up, but there are still just things that I think that Claude Giroux brings that would just go so well with the way that this team is trending and what they're looking to do. I will say <clears throat> hurdles, uh, Hurdle's postseason numbers are good. Not great, mm, but yeah. good. So, so I, take that for I whatever would be, you want. Yeah, yeah, just as a yeah. just as an aside, since we're you know, yeah. Um, there's there's always like this conversation about well, how does he do in the postseason, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, okay. and, and Giroux just got like a just enough of that, like kind of. I mean, he's he's a he's a Philly guy, right? Like like we we've we've joked that Nazem Kadri just looks like a flyer next season already. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and like Giroux just does have a little bit of that kind of mean, nasty, like him next to McKinnon and Rantanen. I just think gives that line. I, I mean, kind of the same element that it's got there with Landy. Um, but now you've got, you've essentially just got Landis Gog twice uh, on that, on that left side. And it's just, there's part of that. That's, intriguing I, I i tweeted out the video the other day my favorite part of Giroux is his like when he's on the ice his chirps are like he's just totally monotone mm-hmm. like very calm it, it was in the outdoor game against pittsburgh where he's like what that's a penalty and someone on <laughs> pittsburgh is like screaming in his face and he's like you don't think that's a penalty <laughs> oh well i do I, I can't remember who I can't remember who it is, but there's a video of him cooing at someone. Yeah, well, it was uh, JVR back when he was with the. Yeah, Leafs. I, I was gonna yeah. say I want to say it was JVR, which is funny because now they're teammates. But yeah, um, calling him a pigeon and cooing at him. Yep, he's got top tier chirps. <laughs> Genuinely, yeah. I'm all about it. He and Landy would fit in nicely together. <laughs> they would be friends. <laughs> So, is this the real fit? The the bench dynamics? This is, forget the locker room. Forget the guys. <clears throat> We're talking about who's fits together on the bench now. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it all matters, right? It's true. Yeah. It doesn't not matter. So, hurdle, yeah. hurdle. I think would be hurdles. Just a, he's just a really, really good player. That's true. all. He's just a really good player. What nationality? Is he hurdle? Yeah. Uh he's Czech. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Yep. 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 So Pavel Francois, I'm sure he'd be in favor of that. There'd be another Czech buddy. That is true. Um I anyway. AJ, you mentioned this the other day. Uh obviously take everything with a grain of salt, but Avs allegedly having some interest in Scott Mayfield of the New York Islanders. Yeah, so his name keeps popping up uh, as I kind of look around uh, and talk to some people. He keeps popping up as a guy that <clears throat> the Islanders, they're not, I, I don't want to say that they're like 
actively shopping him because I don't think that they have to move him. Uh, he's he's on such a good contract, uh, and and they've hemorrhaged so much defensive talent over the last few years that I don't I don't think moving him is a priority necessarily for the Islanders. But I do think that that the teams that don't want to pay the stupid price being asked for Ben Sherratt sure. are going to look at Scott Mayfield as like, a, hey, here's a here's a solid step down in terms of price, and and not not a step down, uh, not really a step down in terms of quality of player though, which is funny because you know. That, is that more? The world has just ben decided Chirot's that Ben Chirot think is, he is. Yeah. shit. <laughs> I I don't get it. Uh, I I genuinely am confused uh, by like the the amount of love. I get I get like for me this is like the old school NHL rearing its head again, where they're like, oh, you're gearing up for the playoffs. You don't need to. You don't need a guy that can do anything with a puck whatsoever. You just need somebody that's mean and tough and physical, <laughs> and you know, you just need King Neanderthal to come in and and just every time he's on the ice. You don't need a hockey player. You know, Milan Lucic is that you? So right, like that's exactly what I'm saying though. Like it's and it's like Ben Schrott had a had a good run in the during the postseason last year and it's like oh well the whistles get swallowed and and you know guys like Sherrod get more valuable and it's like yeah okay like totally like totally true but also you know people are drilling Sam Gerard because oh he's a he's a turnover machine and it's like what do you think guys like Ben Sherrod do with the puck yeah, yeah. Not much. Uh, yeah, I, I do want to talk about this defensive conversation a little bit more, but we are brought to you all by Athletic Greens. You can go get it today, and when you order right now, you can go to athleticgreens.com slash avalanche, and they will give you a one-year supply of vitamin D as well as five travel packs. So be sure to jump on that right now. Can't recommend Athletic Greens enough. It's genuinely great. I you guys know we work in a bar, right? So I do my fair share. Have you guys heard drinking. that we have a bar that we work out of? <laughs> do my fair share of drinking working in a bar. And Athletic Greens helps me get up in the morning and not, you know, feel like I had a bunch of drinks the night before. So if for nothing else, it can be a great hangover cure, but it's also extremely good for you as well. They have all sorts of great value with 75 high quality vitamins. They have minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and even adaptogens in their formula. It's just one scoop into a 12 ounces of water every morning. You have it. You're healthier, makes you feel better. It's some of the best stuff out there. If you don't have time for breakfast, you can substitute for that as well. So athletic greens, really awesome stuff. Uh, can't really, spoil the beans here but i do know that they work with some high level athletes so look if professional athletes are using the product you know it actually does what it says on the tin so jump on that one go get it jesse has already stolen like three different people's athletic greens from the company because he, <laughs> anyone who's not using it he's like yeah i'll take it uh, I, I gotta reach out to vote still yeah his is still just sitting there <laughs> so 
jump in on it. Go get yourself some delicious Athletic Greens. Uh, again, they're giving you a bunch of free stuff when you go to athleticgreens.com slash avalanche. So jump on that. Take control of your health today. Get the free vitamin D and travel packs. Also brought to you by that other thing, Breckenridge Brewery. You just balance it with Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens in the morning, Breck Brew at night. Works out great for everyone. You know, I love the stuff. Can't go wrong with an avalanche while watching an Avs game. They got the two for a brew promotion for you, but they really do have dozens of great flavors of beer. Unless you just don't drink beer, I guarantee you they have a flavor for you. So go to your local liquor store or use their Breck Beer Locator online to find some Breck Beer near you and go get yourself some delicious beer. Then, once you've got some beer, kick back and watch our Trade Deadline Target series. There are eight videos out so far. Two more coming out today, including one on Jonathan Druin, which I know the the Avs fan base always kind of loses their mind when that trade gets brought up for the Avs. So tune into that one at 3 p.m. Mountain today and go scroll through all of them if you want a more of an in-depth look at a bunch of guys out there on the market that we're probably not going to talk too much about today, but that's because you have those videos to go watch. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. <laughs> this, this dude's worried about the Avs' undersized defense that has exactly two defenders under six feet tall. <laughs> and one of them is Kale McCarr. Who doesn't play undersized at all. Yeah. And who is exactly six feet. <laughs> uh, I think he's officially listed at like 5'11". And the last really? time he was properly measured was probably the combine. When he was 17. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he was, I think, put it at 5'11". <laughs> point, point being, the abs have exactly one small defenseman. 5'11", yep. you're right. And it's Sam Gerrard. Yeah. It, Devon Taves, not small. EJ, not small. Jack Johnson, not small. So. Yeah, even, I mean, even Ryan Murray. Is Even like six one. Bowen Byram, if he gets back, not small. To answer so. the question, do the Avs even consider giving up first round picks? Yeah, yes. like not only do they consider that, that like take all of them, take all of them. Well, who cares? The topic I wanted to get to: if you're looking at improving your defense in a significant way, the conversation starts with the first round pick, right? Certainly seems like that's the way the market is getting set. Uh, so. Actually, I'm glad you brought this up because I don't think I agree. I think the more that we're getting into this, you're talking about which teams, which teams are seriously looking to improve. Sure. Which, which are the contenders that you're looking at in, in throughout the NHL right now that have the room to really make a big move here? Pretty much in the West. It's, pretty much Colorado maybe you're saying Calgary on the outside of that well and, and Calgary made its move yep uh it has very 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 little cap space remaining and it has all kinds of contract trouble this summer sure it, you, but you look around the west the rest of the west and you're like yeah Minnesota has cap space but Mm-hmm. How how really are how real are they as far as being in the running? Because you look in the East, and like you're talking about, there's four teams maybe: Carolina, Florida, Tampa. Maybe you could throw Toronto or Pittsburgh in on that list too. So we're talking, let's say six teams here. 
if we're being generous, sure. Yeah, if we're being generous, we get to six. How many teams? How many teams are trying to get assets for players? More than six. Like real, like really, like let's like. So you've got Montreal is selling. Montreal, Arizona, Philly. Yeah, Arizona, Philly, Seattle. Definitely Seattle. Anaheim just put all of its free agents on the market. Yep. Chicago. Okay. This uh, is actually going to be the the topic of power rankings for this week. So I'm actually glad we're getting this out of the way. There you go. Help, help it. You guys are helping me out. I things start to get a little murkier after that, but New Jersey's willing to sell their older players. Certainly. Sure. Columbus is kind of Columbus is kind of in the middle zone as well. Yep. Um, you're also looking at, uh, Winnipeg Yep, is probably a team that's, that's just too far out of it now. And it's going to have to, are they going to lose this many? Are they going to lose their free agents? Or are they going to try and get something for them? Right. Is what I'm saying. So we're probably, we're probably looking at, let's say 10. Uh, sure. 10 sellers, 10 teams that view themselves as sellers. You know what we call that? Buyer's market, baby. <laughs> Buyer's market. Because those 10 teams aren't getting first-round picks for all their guys. True. So, oh, so add the Islanders to, to go that around. List. We're talking about Scott Mayfield. Add the Islanders to that list. Yep. So. <clears throat> get It is what it is. At, at a certain point, especially, I think, as you inch closer to the deadline or on deadline day as deals start getting done, instead of seeing a giant bidding war on guys, you might see a, Hey, we're the only person bidding on this guy. So you can exactly. take what we're giving you. And this is where, this is where the Sherratt, Scott Mayfield, stuff like that, where it's like, Hey, we'll give you, a, we'll give you a second round pick and we'll give you Sable Ranta for Scott Mayfield. Yep. Going to be pretty hard you know? to say no to that when there's nothing else out there for sure. Well, and it's like, okay, well, we're really holding out for a first round pick and it's like, okay, 10 minutes before the yeah. deadline, you let me know. Did you get that first round pick? Well, and it's 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 kind of the opposite of what we've seen in a couple of the past years where it goes yeah. the opposite, where yeah. you have guys where you go, I cannot believe that fetched a first round pick, but to the point yeah, that you're Barclay. making, right? Uh, Barclay Goodrow. Uh, you sit there and you Barclay, say- Barclay Goodrow's was like a first round pick with an asterisk, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, but like, but like you sit there and you go, how did that player fetch a first round pick? It's because that was the only player at that position or at that, you know, that side right. of the ice that yeah. five different teams were in on. And if you wanted him, you had to give him a first round pick. There's a lot of those types of guys, you know, you're talking about Scott Mayfield, Ben Sherratt. There, yeah. There's guys like that to be had. And Definitely. there's actually better guys than that to be had. So well, oh, you want a first round pick? I'm going to go check in on Mark Giordano instead. Right. You're talking, I mean, Mark Giordano <laughs> and Justin Braun, like Calvin DeHaan. Like, look at all these, look at all these guys that are just falling out of a, like, we're just off the top of our heads. Now Anaheim opens up the door on Hampus Lindholm and Josh Manson. Josh Manson is a guy that I would seriously keep an eye on because if Colorado's looking at Scott Mayfield, there's no way they're not going to seriously consider Josh Manson who's big and physical and mean and nasty and plays the right side. Dude. I, I, so going all the way, all the way back to the Patrick Kane conversation that kind of kicked it off. I, I don't think there is a name out there that Joe Sackick isn't checking in on. Like there really shouldn't be 
because there's very few guys out there. Like uh, there are some like like Brock Besser. Is he available? Neat. Like I don't think that that moves Colorado's needle, right? Like I don't yeah. think that they're calling in on a oft injured one dimensional goal scoring wing. As good a player as Brock Besser is, it's like, mm, man. I mean, I think especially when you hear uh, what it's going to cost to get that type of player. Well, too. and and like not even considering any of that, but I'm just talking player type. Like Brock Besser, you're like, okay, no thanks. But JT Miller, uh, you know, Tom, Tomas Hurdle, Claude Giroux, guys who guys who can win you some win you some faceoffs, guys that can play throughout your forward lineup, top line, all the way down into your third line if you needed it to, like. Let's be real here. If Claude Giroux came to Colorado and ended up on the third line, the third line's going to get played a lot more than it currently is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's so you're you're talking <laughs> you're you're talking like there are very there are very few guys out there that you would say the Avs just don't need that guy. You know, and, like and... that guy that guy's not going to help them. Now, if you look at a guy like Damon Severson, guy that I really really like. You could look at him and say, stylistically, he's a good fit for Colorado. Is he maybe a little too redundant because of the way he's more of a classic puck-moving type that's not going to be nearly as reliable in his own end, has his, has his off nights, you know, things like and, – and is not an overly physical guy. So it doesn't really doesn't really fill the need for you, but is more of a samey type of player. Yeah. Right? So, like, so maybe, maybe, you, maybe you move at you, – you talk about – Right, like okay, those are the guys that you could maybe prioritize last. Sure, but other than that, like all these defensemen that we've talked about, Giordano, Dehan, Mayfield, yep. Braun, all of those guys, you could look at and go without with with no bow and Byron. Can they help Colorado's defense? And the answer is yes. Luke Shen, our trade deadline video, but next Luke to Shen. today, so could be sure to go exactly. check that out too. <laughs> Um, and and my my other thing too is I I because I I agree with a lot of what you just said I, I I don't think that Joe Sackick is interested in every player that's out there, but just with where he's at, where this team is at, I, I don't doubt for a second though that during the phone call about J T Miller, that he hasn't at least said, and then just out of curiosity, what what are you guys looking for to get for a guy like Brock Besser, like he he's sure he's checking in on all of these guys because. Pass up an opportunity to get better, right? Like, right. But there are some there are some years where you're just like, this isn't our year. We're not interested in that conversation. We're not. That is not Colorado's position this year. They this is their year. They know they've got to be involved in absolutely every conversation. If a player is available and you believe that they can help them, Colorado has to make that phone call. Yep. Yeah. Because they say, hey, look, we're great. We're really, 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 really good as we currently are. But we can clearly get better. There are clear aspects of our of our team that can improve. We've probably played a little over our heads here. We've probably over accomplished a little in the last two months. But we're really good. We're in a great position. We're in a great position. We can still get better, and we have assets not not necessarily to burn. They're not the kings, but we have assets to spend wisely. And the, the reality and is the vast, and the vast majority of these conversations probably end pretty quickly with that. Yeah, we're not that interested in acquiring that guy or yeah, we're not going to pay that price or oh, you're not that interested in yep. moving him. And that's fine. That's just part of the process. Yeah. So yeah. 
check on check on everything. And and AJ, I I, I love what you just said there. And, and I actually I was looking at a lot of um, Broncos Twitter yesterday, obviously. Oh, so and, fun. And Ryan, our uh, DNVR's own uh, Ryan Koningsberg, I thought just had the perfect kind of viewpoint towards the deal. Now, obviously the, the, the Broncos aren't in the same spot that the Avs are where, you know, you need to add this one piece, but they made a move that they had to make. They had to make it. Yeah. They had to do something. They had to solve what was yeah. their easily their biggest issue. Cost and they didn't matter. Right. They, they paid. Some Cares. people don't think that they paid that much, but they, they gave up they a didn't. lot of assets and Ryan just, he, I think he tweeted out like three or four times, like, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And that is, that is where the abs are at. And people need to understand again, it's, it's hard to get your head there because for a decade, everything about the abs was acquire assets, draft, develop young guys, value prospects, value. value yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you got to be hitting on draft picks. You need to, you need to acquire draft picks. You need to, you know, you're selling off guys. You need to be bringing back in young prospects with NHL upside, young NHL. They are not there anymore. It is, you have to be cognizant of it. You're in a salary cap league. You need to have cheap contracts that can, that can matriculate up to your, your main roster to keep you relevant. All of that is true. The abs are in win right now, right now. We are not worrying about, what our first round pick in three years is going to do. We are worried about what this NHL team does in the spring. That is what we are worried about. And so they are going to move on from prospects. They are going to move on from picks. And that is how this is supposed to work. All those picks and prospects are to get your team to this point. And then once you're in this point, it is on the NHL club to make the moves to get them over the finish line. And, and that's just, that is where the abs are at. I, I get it. People are saying, oh, well, you know, we have first round picks that may help us down the road. Great. Not worried about down the road. We're worried about May. When the time comes June. to win a Stanley Cup, all of the future's problems are tomorrow's problems. They're future yeah. use problems. I mean, this is go for it territory. Yeah. I'm yeah. not saying you've got to burn the house down and you have to get rid of Justin Barron, Sean Barron's, Andrew Hellison. And first round picks and Oscar Olsen. You don't got to do all that shit. I, I mean, it's but a I'm saying, but I'm saying if if half of the that list that I just gave you, if if two of those four assets are gone, two of those five assets are gone by the deadline, it, I'm all for it as long as it's like you just have to make good decisions. Right. It, and it's a sliding scale, right? If you like get rid of Hurdle, you know, Miller, Giroux, yeah. like you, that, that's what that shit like, is used for. Even. Even if you get rid of all of those dudes, the conversation then just becomes, okay, you better be right. You better win this Stanley Cup. But mm-hmm. if you do, nobody cares. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, the extra third-round pick that's going to Arizona if the Avs win the Cup this year because of the Kemper deal. So what? Yep. You won a Cup. Arizona's going to be Colorado's biggest fan in the come, come postseason. Right, Although right, they right. just have cup, cup conditions to all kinds yeah. of things. They're rooting for everybody like, on that one. We're rooting for everybody. Somebody's giving us an extra pick, baby. <laughs> right. But, but, you know, it is just, um, 
It is just interesting because, like you said, you know, AJ, you, you don't have to get rid of all of that stuff. No. You don't. But even, even next Taruto's... year's deadline to go for it too. You got to keep <laughs> But but to Rudo's point, like it is one of those things. It's so funny where if they did get rid of all, you know, first round pick, second round pick, their top three prospects, and then they won a cup, it's like, wait, Justin, who? Oh, Baron. That's right. Yeah, he was here. That was dope. Again. <laughs> This is not me openly advocating for them to move on from Baron Olison multiple first and multiple seconds at this deadline, but that is that is kind of we but are officially in Pierre Lacroix territory. No one, no one sees the ring and asks who you gave up for it. Like right. they right. just see the ring. Okay. Oh my God! Yeah, here, Jesus. <laughs> now you're gonna have everyone think that I hate Eric Johnson and Justin Barron. Not what does Jesse have against right-handed defensemen? <laughs> but if you want to at, watch the abs run down the stretch of the regular season here, you can get a Vaca TV for just 25 bucks a month. They got altitude for you plugged right in to your television, just like watching cable or direct TV or whatever, except for way cheaper and way easier. So jump on that. You don't have to jump through all the silly hoops to try and uh, watch games through piracy or otherwise. Instead, go to avaca.tv slash DNVR. That's EV, excuse me, EVOCA.tv slash DNVR to get all set up with Altitude. And when the Rockies return, they'll have AT&T Sports Network as well as national channels. So they got you covered. Jump on it with Avaca TV. With the money you save, maybe uh, throw a couple of bucks DraftKings way. You can go right now, bet, I believe it's $5 on any of the conference championship college basketball games. If you pick a winner, you get 200 bucks in free bets, 40 to one odds right there. Just 200 bucks to mess around with. If you pick a winner, so jump in there, go earn 200 bucks that you should. I'm going to promote this every single time. It's not worth it anymore, probably, but you'd still, it's still a good bet to put all of that money on Kale McCarr to win the Norris. You just won't win as much anymore. So easy money, jump in there. Go have some fun with DraftKings. They could bet on all sorts of other nonsense too, whether it's college basketball or darts or cricket or uh, hurling. I some of the sports like if you just keep an eye on all of the sports lists on DraftKings Sportsbook, it's a good way to actually learn about new sports that you've never heard about before. <laughs> so do that if you want to have some fun with it. Must be twenty-one or older. Colorado only. Must be. Uh, I already said twenty-one or older. Must be a new account. Uh, other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Of course, you have a game problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So I did kind of want to go through with you guys. We've established there are not very many buyers in the market, right? Colorado, we've talked about a lot they could reasonably acquire both a forward and a defenseman that actively makes their starting lineup better. Right. Mm -hmm. Is that the same story around the league for these other buying teams? Or do you think there are some specific targets for teams like Carolina teams like Florida? Uh, Well, I think Florida is a, a different beast because they are flush with cap space. They've got picks. They are in a weird spot where they've got the advantage over all the other contenders where they can they can basically say we can beat any offer that yeah. any other team makes. If they want a guy, they can just go get him. Yeah. Yep. Like they can just say, okay, that's what you guys are offering. Uh, great. Uh, we'll match that, and then plus we'll give you 
whatever. Another top prospect or whatever, because they're just they're drowning in in assets right now. Yep. Like they are they are kind of where Colorado was pre Kemper deal. Sure. Where you were like with, with the first round pick with Connor Timmons, you're looking at it and you're like, ah, they've got some <laughs> stuff here, you know. Yep. So sure. they're 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 definitely in a very very good position. Uh, to, to basically top any offer for any of the guys that are out there, which to me just says they're well, the team that I bank on doing something irresponsible. <laughs> if and if part of it, I wonder if it's just because the enthusiasm of we've never we've never really been in this position before. Let's make this count. Yep, you only get so many cracks at this. Yeah, right? so. we've tried. We've tried for thirty years to be this good. We. We finally are. Go, 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 go. <laughs> I think I think they um I think they really want to beat Tampa. I think they really not beat Tampa, beat Tampa. Yeah. Oh, I mean I think they want to beat Tampa, to be honest. Yeah. Who yeah. doesn't? I, right. Isn't that isn't that isn't that what everybody's looking at going, yeah, please. Multiple what, multiple uh, one of those, please? And, yeah. Yeah. No, can but I, I just can I get I, a can we get a fucking bow parade in Denver? <laughs> I just the uh, ultimate I, flex, dude. Seriously, out at uh, Chatfield, Cherry Creek, done. Whatever, done that. no, yeah, spread it out. Just haul it down Colfax. All right, on the trailer, a bunch that's, of boats. that's right, that's right. Boats on trailers. That's a lot of uh, wheels. Yeah, hey, <laughs> very few doors. Uh, no, but I, I do. I, I, I agree. I think. Um, I think Florida is going to do something that that's going to make everyone uh, because I, 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 I just don't, I think they're going to do everything in their power to knock out Tampa if they meet in the playoffs. And that's going to be like their own little mini Stanley cup. Got to beat Tampa. Oh, as long as they don't make the cup finals, it's fine. Uh, so sure on the East it's, it's Florida's market to do what they want with. In the West, do you really expect anyone to try and make a big splash besides Colorado? Do you do you see someone like Minnesota saying "eff it"? They have to. No, I don't see Minnesota so much as I do St. Louis because St. Louis knows. Um, St. Louis, they they know that they they have kind of a weird mixture of talent where their younger guys are great and they should continue to be great. But a lot of, they have a lot of money tied up in, in old, older cats and, you know, sure. I just think, I think, I think St. Louis knows like, Hey, they're what I don't understand about St. Louis is why they're working in Claude Giroux conversation. Claude Giroux is great, but, is he is he a defenseman? Did I miss something? <laughs> Does he fix Jordan Bennington? Are they really going to roll with Ville Husso in the in the postseason, or is Ville Husso just what they needed to get them stabilized during the regular season? So because Jordan Bennington is shitting the bed. Like, Mark Andre Fleury. <sighs> yeah, like would they would they be a Mark Andre Fleury team? That's it. I hadn't even thought about that, but okay, sure. I don't know How where they're going to get be- the money. Yeah, I was gonna say, and and to see them try for the third time in their franchise's history to to do the goalie at the deadline thing, 
Yara Halak, Ryan Miller, and then if they tried to do yeah. it this year, it's like ugh. I don't think Halak was a deadline, was he? Thought he was. Thought he was a summer. Doesn't matter. I'll find out. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I, um, either way, it'll be the third time they've tried to do something like that. Minnesota is one that I I, I could see them trying to do something with a you know on on a rental player just because I think they probably know this is going to be their best kick at the can for the next few years. Well, but they're the going to be they're they're Minnesota's in the weirdest spot, right? Right. Cause, like, Cause when, I don't, I don't know if they're trying to get rid of a lot of assets. Cause like I was just saying a minute right. ago, they are going to need those cheap contracts, exactly. those cheap impact guys, those high end picks. So I'm, I'm torn on what I think they're going to do. Cause I, I could see them going either way. And, and I could see the reasoning for either one. Yeah. Sorry. What were you saying, AJ? No, I just that's where I think Minnesota's the, in the weirdest spot. They're, we all know that their tax bill essentially is coming due. Uh, that they are, they're in cap trouble for the next several years. There isn't, there doesn't appear to be a clever way around this thing. But you're also talking about they need those ELCs, they need those assets, they need their young guys. They need Marco Rossi. They need Matt Baldy. Now, obviously, those guys wouldn't be pieces that they would move, but they are going to need the secondary pieces, the Adam Beckmans of the world. You know, the Kalen and Kalen Addison. They're going to need those guys. But even the picks, can they really start dipping into that type? Yeah, how aggressively can they can they dip into that pool? And really, like, what's the thing that they need the most? They're they're pretty good on defense. They've got Brodine and Spurgeon signed for the next decade. Dumba has only got one more year left on that deal, and you just assume he'll probably re-up it in the $9 million range, which is the invoke defenseman yep. contract now. Like, where where do they go? You know, like, where do they go? They're, so their deadline, I think, is going to be a fascinating uh, exercise for uh, – for Bill Guerin, because I I just don't I, knowing what's coming. Maybe that's it's just that... such a such a fascinating. Like they're they're my team to watch. They're the team I've always said makes the right. The they should be the one that aggressively goes for Flurry. I, I was going to say maybe even like a, there's someone who could be interested in like a Varley or someone with an extra year yeah. on that deal. Wait, yeah. Who are you talking? Well, about? Who are you talking about? Minnesota. Oh. oh, oh. Barley Barley makes less sense unless Talbot goes the other. Well, way. yeah, my assumption was Talbot would be yeah. on the way. If out. Talbot goes the other way, I mean that actually, I mean a Barley Talbot like makes sense for Swap. both sides. Yeah. For, so. so one Eurohalak, you're right, was the summer after his miracle playoff run uh, with the Canadians. So good call on that. The Flurry one is so interesting though because the the reports are that he told Chicago unless you're sending me somewhere that has a legitimate, legitimate shot that he doesn't want to go because yeah. his family settled in Chicago. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's there. The kids are there. They're in school. And he's saying, I don't want to go be a mercenary somewhere else and leave them here for two months. Unless I feel like I'm coming home with a ring or I have a good shot at it. Yeah. And and I just don't know. I, I just don't know if he would agree to go. I don't either. That's, to a team like that's the wrinkle with that's the wrinkle with Minnesota, especially yep. because they've sunk 
in the standings where they're no longer right. clearly second place in the central where they had, they had plenty of cushion. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but that They've cushion is all out of gone. Wild card. Yeah. So yeah, that cushion, that cushion's gone and they're, they've fallen all the way back and St. Louis is now in second place. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm, I agree with you in that I don't know that Flurry would agree to that, and so maybe he doesn't, and this is a moot, a moot point. I'm just putting the piece together and saying I think that makes a lot of sense because yeah. Minnesota has plenty of cap space to, to absorb that contract today. And if they want to push, goaltender is a weakness for them. Yeah, goaltender goaltender is like the one thing that you can point at their roster and say, easy upgrade. Now, again, like let's be real hard. Marc-Andre Flurry hasn't been any good in Chicago this year. And I know everybody's going to, like, throw their hands up and be like, ah, oh, but, but the, the Blackhawks are bad. And uh, I get it. I understand. I understand. <laughs> I would also say that Fleury's poor play is part of the reason why they're bad. But we don't ever look at things like that. We always just say, well, he's a good player no matter what. He's just on a bad team. When he goes to a good team, he'll be good again. All right. So do you want to hear – I was having this conversation yesterday – Cause someone brought this up to me cause the abs goaltenders have had four average to below average games. So suddenly it's a huge crisis again, despite them being maybe the top tandem in the NHL for three straight months. These four games have now obviously overridden all of that. And someone was talking <laughs> about, well, why don't you just go bring in flurry? He's a proven playoff guy. And I said, Hold that thought. Let's let's journey back a little bit here to Marc-Andre Fleury's playoff career. 2008-2009, phenomenal. With the Pittsburgh Penguins, takes them to back-to-back Stanley Cup Finals. Keep in mind that's over a decade ago. Yep. Wins in 2009 and, and was great. Then, for about 10 years, was meh. You know, pretty average. They got him in. They never really made it that far. He has some injury problems, loses the starting job to Matt Murray, uh, a rookie who then goes on to win the Stanley Cup. The next year, they come back. Matt Murray has some injury problems. Marc-Andre Fleury gets to start in the postseason, eventually loses that job back to Matt Murray once he comes back because Fleury got the first couple starts after Matt Murray returned to the team and eventually played his way back onto the bench. Matt Murray goes on to win another Stanley Cup. Pittsburgh makes him available for expansion. They valued Matt Murray over Marc-Andre Fleury. Great year for Fleury. Takes Vegas on a miracle run to the Stanley Cup Finals in a year where every last thing went right. That for an organiz- Anything that could have gone right for an organization went right for Vegas that year. The next year... They lose in round one to the San Jose Sharks. And then the Vegas Golden Knights are so overconfident in how amazing and great Marc-Andre Fleury is that they bring in Robin Leonard. Then over the next two, from Chicago, over the next two postseasons, it becomes this split of who is starting Fleury or Leonard. And can someone tell me, because I genuinely don't, I genuinely don't remember who ended up finishing the Montreal series for Vegas. Was it Leonard or did Fleury play all the way through? Uh, I didn't watch that series because I was afraid of being around sharp objects at the time. 
Yeah. <laughs> but the bubble year, the bubble year, Leonard played. Yeah, Fleur only played four games yeah. the bubble year. Yeah. And and so there is a little bit, I think, of kind of a, a false idea of this like elite playoff performer that Mark Andre Fleury is because of the one miracle run to the cup year where he was phenomenal. And he was great last year in the regular season. He won the Vesna. Yeah, he was awesome. So yeah, he, just, he was great, but I, I just, I just, I don't know if I fully buy to back the, you up here, yeah. his career playoff numbers, his save percentage career is only a nine twelve in the playoffs, which is good, but it's not anything special. And yes, he does have those years where it's like, oh, if he gets hot again, sure. But you could say that about literally any goalie in the world. If they any goaltender on the planet. If he gets hot, he's dangerous. Abs fans know who Darcy Kemper is because twice in the playoffs, he's done that to the Abs. Yep. Two times he's done that to the Abs in the playoffs. One time he beat them, and the other time his team was just not good enough to beat them. But people know knew who Darcy Kemper was when the Avs brought him in because he's performed phenomenally against the Avs in the playoffs. Darcy Again, he Kemper, hasn't ever career playoff save percentage nine thirteen. Granted, I yeah. understand there's a sample size difference there, but I'm just saying for sure. I was gonna say he doesn't have a ring. He hasn't made a run to the final, so I'm not. I'm not trying to say that. But to act like you go from him to Mark Andre Fleury and it's this immediate guaranteed run to the finals. And someone in chat did confirm Robin Leonard finished the playoffs for the Golden Knights last year. <laughs> A year so, where the dude won the Vezina. Right. And, and so it's just, it's one of those everybody, things. Everybody, like, the thing with Marc Andre Fleury is that everybody likes Marc Andre Fleury. Yeah, yeah. So it's really easy to just be like, he's great. I love that awesome. guy. Yeah. There's a uh, lot of pock marks in his career. A lot of them. It's weird that he's looked at as some like, surefire, no doubt about it, Hall of Famer, because when he got to Vegas, that was not the conversation. He was made available in an expansion draft! Yeah, like, <laughs> he got to Vegas for a reason, remember? He, <laughs> like, now, he got his job stolen by a guy who was waived this year. He's been moved yeah, for nothing twice! <laughs> Two times! Marc-Andre Fleury has changed teams in exchange for nothing, literally Nothing, not an asset has come back the other way. I'm not saying Marc-Andre Fleury isn't great. He's a reigning Vesna winner. He's a very good goaltender, an extremely likable guy. And personally, I thought Pittsburgh was making a mistake when they exposed him over Matt Murray. But twice in his career, Marc-Andre Fleury has been given away for free. That's crazy. So it, it's not, you know, he, he's just not this like, prophecy that a lot of people prophecy is not right you know what i'm trying to say he's he's just not like you said not this surefire he comes in uh you know wins the job whatever i'm a big fan of mark andre Fleury. i i i thought maybe it would have been interesting had they brought him in before they you know went and brought in kemper yeah yeah i thought he was an interesting option um but but it's just you know everyone's saying oh Darcy Kemper's had a couple so-so games go bring in Marc-Andre Fleury and and everything is fixed 
I just don't know if that's reality. You can't well, you and can't reasonably expect to get a better goaltender than Darcy Kemper out of him well, if you were to go seven through. seven million dollars for a salary. Yeah, You've got to find a way to make that work. Even if they retain, all right, now you got three and a half million. Okay. Can you can you convince me that he's even an upgrade over Darcy Kemper right now? The answer is no. I don't know why we spend this much time on it. Um just just because like that's I, what the people not, want to talk about. <laughs> it, it's just not it, it's just not a realistic conversation, I don't think. Um, I, look, I, if, I, if if the abs could get him completely for free, dude, fine. I'm not above it. But if it's not completely for free, then and if what else the three and a half million, right? Uh, if they if they retain half of it, that three and a half million, where where else could they have spent that now on the roster? Flushing out your forward core or picking up yeah. that number four. Which defenseman need? are you not getting because you went and because you did that? Uh, if you're looking at Chicago's route, would you rather have Mark Andre Fleury or Calvin DeHaan right now? DeHaan. Yeah, me too. Because because again, to your point. How, I just don't see how Marc-Andre Fleury, this year's version of Marc-Andre Fleury is any by, by any stretch an upgrade over what they've gotten out of Darcy Kemper. And the numbers well, would like, say that it's not only not an upgrade, but you're probably taking a step back. Like, hey, maybe we revisit this Fleury stuff in the in free in the summer. Like, I was Maybe, right? So that's what I was going to say. If they decide Whatever. they don't want to do Kemper and they want to bring in Fleury this summer, great. Give him a Two-year deal, have him come be the number one as he rides off into the sunset. Great. It's just, it just, it makes, it, it makes the same amount of sense as them bringing in Patrick Kane at the deadline. You're like, I mean, if you want to, if you really, really, really want to pull that off right now, great. But I just don't see how that makes any sense okay. in season. Not the conversation I thought we were going to have in this period, but. I mean, we talk, it started it, so with Minnesota good. and it's yeah. spiraled. Yeah, into, for sure. I, I guess going through Mark Andre Fleury's that's right. story. That's, Look, that's what the all, people are here for. All I know now is that it's a 100% absolute fact that they are going to trade for a package of Patrick Kane and Mark Andre Fleury before yeah, March 21st. Because we've expressed enough confidence <laughs> that it's not going to happen. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay. Um, any other you got any banger secrets you want to let the world know about the trade deadline? Or are we out of here? Oh, uh, I mean, were there other abs things that we wanted to talk about? Were there other rumors that, that were out there that we wanted to talk about instead of a made up one that not necessarily made up, but like I mean I don't know what's gonna happen with goaltending. We talked about Flurry and mentioned no other goaltender out there. Yeah, like he's the only guy on the market. Uh, we did a whole goaltending show if you wanna talk about it's true I, i'm not getting into that again he, yeah no byram that... byram rumors are byram's I, I would I, I will do something extreme on air if byram gets traded i i, I actually almost anywhere the other day i was actually going to say i'll boil down some of my crocs and eat one if they trade bow and byram at the deadline but then i was like you know what <laughs> it's it's just likely enough that i don't know if i want to and by just likely enough i mean like it's on the radar of could happen in the like single digit percentages. Right, 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 right. But I was like, mm, I like my Crocs too much. And I don't want to have to actually do that. If lightning <laughs> strikes and something crazy happens. 
<laughs> I, it doesn't really feel like the Avs have had a lot of substantiated rumors around, right? There's been a little bit of talk about JT Miller. Obviously, they've been tied heavily to Claude Giroux. But a lot of the smaller pieces, it, it does feel like nothing is really bubbled up to the surface when it comes to the Avs besides the big names. Yeah, one thing that Friedman talked about last week on 32 Thoughts, uh, or it actually may have been Monday, was he said that there is a bit of frustration from some of these seller teams because a lot of the buyers are wanting to wait till they get closer to deadline. One, yeah. your your cap hit is bigger than, or, or your, your cap space, you have more of it come deadline day. And there are a lot of teams... Uh, you know, Anaheim, it sounds like is maybe finally resigning themselves to seller mode, but they were another team that for a lot of the season was saying, well, we're in it enough. What do we want to do? Um, you know, you got a team like Edmonton, you've got teams like Vancouver um, trying to figure out what it is exactly they're doing. Um, so I just think that there's a lot of, there's still a lot of feeling out going on and sellers want to get on making some trades and buyers are like, We'll wait. And as long as everyone is, well, is content you know, waiting. If, if you're a buyer, why are you doing the deal now? Like, right. yeah, you can get ahead of the market and you can kind of wait or, or you can kind of set the set the tone and get a guy that you want. But what you don't want to do is commit, commit assets and commit to this is our path forward. And then a week from now, somebody, somebody, you know, you trade – a bunch of assets for way overpay for something. Yeah. And then a week from now you have one of your top three defensemen blows out a knee. And now you need to go and spend assets trying to replace that defenseman. Boy, sure. Wish you had waited on the luxury and forward when you could, you know, like you want to, there's still two weeks worth of stuff to happen. You want to see how things play out before that. And as we've kind of come full circle here, because there's five teams that are so far ahead of everyone else, these teams can afford to wait three games. They don't need those extra four points or whatever in the standings to get into the playoffs or, yeah. or to make that big difference for them. So, yeah, I mean, you're talking, especially every team out East is pretty much made it. Yep. Um, all locked down essentially. Like realistically, I know Columbus has been hot lately. And Columbus is still 12 points out. Yep. <laughs> so it's not close. Yeah. So like the East is decided. Those eight teams are just shuffling. They're, they're, they're jockeying for position right now, but they're shuffling around trying to figure out what they. Even, even then though, you're looking at the standings and you're like, Carolina's pretty comfortable in the Metro. Yeah. Pittsburgh and New yeah. York are, are going at each other for the two seed, but Florida, they're pretty comfortably ahead of Toronto. Tampa's there. It's yeah, but I mean, we're still talking with twenty-five games to go. A five or six-point lead is not. It's not a given by any stretch of the imagination. Certainly not insurmountable, but it's it, it, those eight teams have totally separated. Is the point? And like yep. Carolina's probably comfortable at the top of that division, but that's yep. That's really it. Like Carolina and Colorado are the comfortable division leaders. After that, everybody is still fighting for things. You know, Calgary is probably comfortable over LA just with the games in hand advantage as well as the points. But you're talking the entire Pacific Division. Uh, you know, every team in the Central that I was com- that I was comfortable with 
has had a bad 10 game stretch. St. Louis 5 3 and 2, Minnesota 3 and 7, Nashville 4 and 6, Dallas at 7 2 and 1 has caught all those teams. Yep. So I tweeted out on you're just like it's 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 ridiculous to see that this it's still it's still like the bloodbath that it is. But I mean, like, I guess Vancouver could talk themselves into it. Like, I guess Vancouver could say, hey, we're only five points out. Winnipeg could say, hey, we're only seven points out. But really, there's still some dream in there that that has to take place for them to talk themselves into seriously. And another four or five games in the next two weeks. All yeah. of a sudden, those teams will be like, "Okay, we're out of it now." Yeah, I mean, if that if if it goes, "Hey, we're only five back," and then two weeks pass, and all right, we're eleven back, or yeah. "Hey, we're five back now, we're one up," then it changes those approaches. You know, no, Andrew Cop probably isn't available from Winnipeg anymore. Paul Stasny's probably not looking around, right? But I I do think that that's why that's why it makes sense for you know I'm I'm sure Arizona and Montreal and. Seattle are like, come on, let's just get to it. Let's get to let's <laughs> let's get to this. I want to know how many picks we're gonna have, and uh, the and and so we can you know we can allocate all of our scouting resources and blah 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 blah. Um, yeah, I would totally imagine that Caleb wants to trade Byron. He has the worst takes of anybody <laughs> on the planet. Uh, that's the most predictable thing that's happened today. I tweeted out on January 21st, Eastern Conference playoff race is over. Only thing left to be decided is seeding. Yeah. And that point gap has only widened. The Eastern oh, yeah. Conference has been, it's been so weird because it's it's so good at the top. It's such a bloodbath at the top. Yeah. And then literally halfway through that conference, it's just the There's worst teams in the league. cliff, yeah. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> terrible lump of, of teams. And then a really good group of teams at the top. Such a weird, such a weird uh, a mix of teams this year out east. Well, Columbus. I mean, you look at. I was talking about how Columbus. Oh, they've been hotly, and they're still twelve points back. Columbus wouldn't even be close, all that close to a postseason position in the West. They'd be behind Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's 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 crazy. It's crazy to me the split that they have out there. Like that comfort of like, yeah, we made the postseason. Okay. Like all eight teams feel like the Avalanche do. Yeah, we're in. We're good. We're solid. Yeah. Um, We have completely derailed it even further somehow at this point. So I guess we're going to wrap up the show here. I mean, off days, man. Yeah, it's what it is. It's what it is. Friday. The next off day is Friday because we have uh, have the – the, the battle for the president's trophy tomorrow. Yep. And then Friday's roast my roster day where we get to dunk on people. Yep. Go, uh, go over to cat friendly, get your submissions in, make sure you put DNVR in the title of your, uh, your roster submission. Did you, you see people with... were putting their bad food takes in the title? Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. This is <laughs> better. You guys are the best. Definitely do that too. Uh, yeah, we'll be roasting those on Friday, so be sure to get your responses in. We will all each be doing a response as well, so should be fun. Looking forward to it on Friday, but we will be back tomorrow. We got the full slate for you, pregame, watch along, and postgame for you, so be sure to tune in then. Until then, we'll talk to you on the next one.